Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I'm Tim and welcome to our show today. It's on, um, the to- our topic today is the Night's Talker. Richard Ramirez, who was a serial killer in um, on the west coast of the United States back in the mid 1980s, he um, only uh, he only was a uh, committed murders for about a little over a year, but he done a lot of damage in that time. He was uh, responsible for numerous murders. We're going to get into all of that, but before we do, let me introduce, as always, our panel. I'm uh, joined by the very intelligent, very charming, um, very, very, um, oh, how do you describe her? How would you describe her, Colonel? Evil. Very sweet Brandy. How's it going, Brandy? Well, I'm not on the same page yet. Mm-hmm. I'm good, Timmy. How are you? Fine. And this is a, this is a topic that you, you selected. So, you excited? I'm so excited. Okay, good, good. And she got goosebumps. I can see goosebumps yeah, on her. She does have goosebumps. Well, you know, I think it's just like one of those things. She was probably one of the ones writing him in prison, mm-hmm. you know, because he had a lot of... Uh, I believe the I believe the devil may be a serial killer groupie. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that in a little bit, because he did have some uh, uh, women writing and actually um, proposed to him. I'm also joined here, as always, by the very distinguished, honorable, and debonair... The most dangerous man in podcasting, Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm displeased, Timmy. Oh, Jesus. Well, you know, now you be, you're getting a reputation, Colonel, because you, your friend Scott. As being a whiny mm-hmm. bitch, that's what <laughs> you're getting a reputation <laughs> as. <laughs> it's funny you say that because Scott said it sounded like the Colonel was a little whiny in the last podcast. Did you and say I, he well, was? Well, you know, there's some, there's now, I don't want to add dirty laundry on the show. Okay, okay. I, know, I know you don't. But since I dropped Scott from the ticket, uh, he's he's been a little... He's been he, like Spiro Agnew was with Richard he, Nixon. He's, yeah, he's been a little contentious with the colonel. Um, and, and, and I understand that because Scott was... Um, you know, I... I, I, I should I probably should have thought more about it. He kind of threw his, him under the campaign bus. 
Well, the boy was drinking. He was gambling. The the women at, at the at the at the things you you couldn't get drinks or anything from because Scott was groping them all the time. You know, I do not believe that's it true. It just at got all. to be it it got to be an embarrassment for the colonel because you know I'm per, I'm a proper gentleman, Timmy. Well, he's went on to Green Air Pastures. He has his own podcast now. He does have his own podcast, and now. I haven't heard, uh, I haven't heard you on there. It's the uh, Bastards of the Universe. Bastards of the Universe, and um. And it's. I would recommend that you guys check that out. Yeah, it's um, on uh, Podcast Garden. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Colonel, yeah, because Scott, yeah, Scott is one of the bastards of the universe. <laughs> Cost me the presidents, but you know, I don't harbor any bitterness as towards Scott. As long as Scott. you're not bitter, yeah, yeah. As long as you just, you know, you're forgiving, um, Colonel, and not a pissy. Do bitch. we have any shout-outs today? Um, we got, you know, we got a regular three and in in um, Celine. Uh, apparently has retracted her offer for me to stay in Michigan with her. <laughs> Wisely. Um, uh, yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, I I may have been misleading a little bit about Storm. I'm not sure there was a bear. It might have been a, a squirrel. Okay. Uh, that in in your last podcast, you said our friend Knut in, in uh, Norway, his dog, Storm, had killed a bear. But you're saying now... Apparently you it was my- a very... It was a large, angry squirrel. Okay. But okay. They, they can be fierce. Yeah, they can. Um, okay. So uh, you're, you want to clarify that. So hey, Canute. Um, and thank you to Celine for sending us some uh, suggestions for future topics. She posted that on our Facebook page. And uh, we're going to take a look at those because there's some cool ones in there, ones that I hadn't seen before. And Celine, so. you, you, don't, you don't know what kind of beast you're feeding here. Because Timmy is down in all, he's in our offices all the time, handing us papers for. (laughs) You're gonna do this. You're gonna do that. You're gonna do this. And it used to be, we'd sit around and come up and say, "What would what would be a good one to do? What would be a good one to do?" It was kind of devil, wouldn't you say? It was kind of a democratic process. It was not. And now Tim is just completely the dictator here. He's in charge of everything. You know, I. Don't know what to say. All no. I can say is that uh, our ratings have been going through the roof, and we've been getting more and more uh, listeners, and I think that's directly as a result of my efforts. And well, and I'm and I and I. Well, I'll get into this at a different time. I'm a little disturbed. My wife and my kids have betrayed me. They have um, not betrayed you. They, they betrayed are. Me. They are. Could supporting. you be a little more dramatic? The colonel is upset because, as you know, the colonel is a Denver Broncos fan like myself. But we, uh, we live in Cincinnati, and the Cincinnati Bengals are eight and zero, and they're having a good year. And instead of celebrating that, the colonel is being a little vindictive. I'm not being vindictive, Timmy. I just said uh, here's what. I, Here's the thing. Last year, you remember, and for our listeners, Devin still was a player to play for the Bronco or for the Bengals. His little daughter, beautiful little girl, you remember her. Yes. Um, has cancer. She's in remission apparently right now, and the Bengals kept him on the team so he could keep um, his insurance for five years. Yes. And it's a very kind move of them to do him. And my family's very always been um, kind. Yeah, strangely <laughs> kind. And my family has always been diehard Broncos fans, and and, and this hit real. Uh, th- this really touched my wife, and she, she kind of got changed her alliances. Changed her alliances a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit. 
and and she's creeping more. And then I come home last night, Timmy, and a woman got a Bengals jersey on. Now she has three perfectly good Bronco jerseys in her thing, and I told her, you know, Renee, were the Broncos playing? No, it doesn't so matter. So then it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It does not matter. So then it doesn't matter. I told her, had, but Sunday she had good, a Bengals good, T-shirt on. Good choice, Renee. Who day? And I said to the woman, I said, look here, girl. I said, now had I come home, you didn't say any of this. Found you in bed with another. That. You know, we're going to have a little bit of problem, and I'm going to... But but we'll work that out. You know, we, we'll work that out. You tell me you're having an affair. You tell me you so, spend all my money. Whatever. I mean, we, we can work all that out. You give her a pass. But you come home, and you got a Bengals jersey on, and that's just betrayal. And then we're, and then we're texting during the game, and my, my oldest boy, Taylor, I'm like, Taylor, hold on, son. And he said, Dad... This is through a message. He says, Dad, I, I have to tell you, I've always kind of my whole life, I've kind of liked the Bengals more. Now, Taylor's an identical twin, and and, and this may have been harsh, I don't know. Uh, and I said, you know, Taylor, well, that's fair enough because I always liked your brother more. <laughs> so. Yeah. so at, we, and So anyway, you know, and, and Lady Beverly's getting much better, so we're happy to hear that. She's out just you being her? her. Yes, I have. I see her on Facebook, and she is, uh, she's, I, if I'm the most dangerous man in podcasting, she's the most dangerous lady in England. That's what, that's what to describe her. Yeah, we did, uh, have a little bit of a, little bit of a problem at the house. I, uh, shampooed my carpets, Timmy. Did you? And, uh, I, was, I, I just say, I'm fine, and we move on. I, I shampooed fine. my carpets, and, and, and I, I didn't really know how the carpet He's machine a, worked. And I got to hear about his colonoscopy. So I just kept squirting uh, the carpet juice or whatever on the floor. Water. There. Car- carpet the water, juice. Carpet juice and water and whatnot, you know, that gets all the stuff out. Yeah. But I wasn't really vacuuming it up. It wasn't. So I don't. I don't know how the whole thing operates. Is this? Are know? we going to be able to get to our podcast soon? You know, yeah, I just. Heads can this is how I came upon a new machine. sponsor. Okay. So I had to get something to dry out my carpets, and uh, I looked up, and you know, you can get those big industrial fans or whatnot, and I got the best service, and I told them I, if the service was so good, you know, I found them on Craigslist. Um, they're supposed to bring me some fans over to the house um, to dry, blow and dry the carpet, I guess. Um, What's their name, Colonel? Betty's Blowers. Okay. And and my assumption is that they got these big fans that they're uh-huh. going to bring over. Um, Industrial fans. Yeah, I got you know I'm, I got a now I got to meet them at a at a weird place to get the fans. I don't know why they can't bring them to the house, but it was like. Um, I can host, and I don't know what that meant, but um, <laughs> but anyway, I'll I found Betty's blowers on Craigslist, and, so she and can host, and uh, she can host. So I guess I go over all, there and pick up the fans. And I, I don't, I'm not sure why a girlfriend experience is needed, but I guess she offers that as well. Yeah, G- well, you know what it is. The girlfriend experience is where they say, "Oh, I understand completely how that happened," instead yeah. of saying, "You're yes. so stupid, I can't believe you." This did is something where they like say, that. "Honey, let me clean the carpet for you." Yeah, it's yeah. like something like that. Yeah. So Betty's okay. Blowers, Betty uh, Blowers, you can find her on Craigslist. Yeah, under Casual Encounters. Yeah. 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 That's a weird place where. Yeah. Okay, let's get on, move on to our topic. Shout-outs to my mom. Shout-outs to Tracy. Yes. We all love you here. We all think about you every day. Yeah. 
Yeah. We all wonder, Dottie. And Casey, join us again soon, please. Okay. Let's let's just pretend Brittany ain't even part of the group. Brittany is part of the group, but you know, I think they only let her. You know, they, she 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 has to be in group most of the day, so I don't think that she, she does. <laughs> the poor girl. I th- I kept telling her if she didn't lay off the alcohol, she's gonna have a breakdown. Yeah. Well, I'm sure she'll be. I'm sure she'll be sober and back with us soon. So. She made me a nice ashtray, though. I think she's working <laughs> in really occupational nice. therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was beautiful. We're only kidding. We're only kidding. <laughs> Brittany is working and can't be with us today. All right, so we're going to talk about the Night Stalker. Who was a? Uh, this is an interesting story, actually. Brandy wanted um, wanted to do this, and uh, uh, you know, I had. A, Knew kind of about the story, but not all the details. And it's uh, he was a pretty creepy guy. Uh, Richard Ramirez, um, uh, who was born Ricardo Ramirez, uh, was an American killer, a serial killer, rapist, and a burglar. And a what? Uh, a burglar. A what? A burglar. Okay. Yeah. Burglar. Like a head burglar. <laughs> I don't know. You're adding extra syllables in. I was <laughs> yeah. confused. I speak like I want. A burglar. A burglar. Um, yeah, he broke into people's homes. Smartest motherfucker in the room. Yes. <laughs> he got 38 degrees, <laughs> but can't say burglar. Hey. <laughs> what can I say? That's why I went into podcasting, because enunciation is my specialty. <laughs> yes. Okay, so he was a highly publicized home invasion. He went on a highly publicized home invasion crime spree and terrorized the residents of greater Los Angeles and San Francisco uh, from June of 1984 until August of 1985. So as I said, it was a really relatively short period, one year. Um, prior to his capture, he was dubbed the Night Stalker by the news media, and he kind of... Uh, owned that name. He kind of liked that. And so he started telling his victims to that survived his uh, brutal attacks to tell them that uh, they were a victim of the Night Stalker. So he kind of liked that moniker. He probably used it as his AOL email account, maybe, perhaps. Yeah. Night Stalker at Hotmail.com. Yeah. Or AOL at the time. Um, he used a variety of weapons in his attacks, including handguns, knives, a machete, a tire iron, and a hammer. If he had a hammer, he'd, he'd hammer, hammer in, the in the morning. And he and did. You know, that, that's the thing about this guy. He actually hammered more in the evening. But. He's, <laughs> he was, he's one of the most resourceful some bitches you ever know. Yeah, he, yeah, his M.O. was kind of crazy because he he, he... he didn't have an M.O. No, he, he, he uh, would mix it up quite and a bit. And you know what you got to respect about a band like this? Nothing. He didn't... Uh, well, yeah. you know, all these guys has got to leave their signature marks as the crime and leave the victims posed. He wasn't about all that. He was just about straight killing the people. Well, although he, he did tell, he he st- he kind of got it built. Uh, he kind of um, um, he got he got egotistical. Yeah, he got egotistical. He kind of list, got started reading his own press clippings and got into being the night stalker. Um, he was an avowed Satanist, uh, like much like uh, our friend Brandy over Brandy here. Brandy over That's here, That's not yeah. true. Uh, but he never re- expressed any remorse for his crimes. Um, because he wasn't. He was sentenced to death for 13 murders. He got 13 death sentences. Um, and uh, Which is kind of overkill. Well, he, and he didn't actually... Uh, he died before... He died of cancer prior before uh, being executed. So he actually 
did not, um, you know, you could argue he never really did uh, pay for his crimes other than... No, he, he got the buck cancer, he didn't. Timmy. I mean, he, he, he was he in... He was cancer. He got the buck cancer. He didn't pay for his own crimes. He sat in there, he sat in his jail cell, he got three hots and a cot, nobody messed with him, and he got married. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to get in. So let's talk about his back, uh, his life, and then Brandy can get into all the murders. I mean, this guy was... Yeah. Prolific. He was prolific. So Ramirez was born in El Paso, Texas, and I've been in El Paso, and it's a very, uh, well, I don't know what to say about it. It's a, it's a place. Um, <laughs> he was there on February 29th. He was born on February 29th. Leap year. It's a go. leap year, baby. In 1960, which was, of course, about a year and a half before I was born. The stun that out of there. Of course. Uh, my birthday being May the 9th. Um, the youngest, he was the youngest of Julian and Mercedes Ramirez. They had five children. He uh, And uh, Richard Ricardo, young Ricardo, was the youngest. His father was a Mexican uh, national and former Juarez policeman. And if you know El Paso, it's right across the oh, border. Juarez is... About the most dangerous place in the world. That's where they they have a lot of houses of ill reputes mm-hmm. in Juarez, Mexico. A lot of beheadings too. And, well, now because they have the yeah. drug wars. But there, there in Juarez, they you right, well, you just walk across the bridge from El Paso to Juarez, and um, that's where they. If you go there to see a prostitute, you have to see a dick inspector first, which is a little old lady who basically has to see your wiener. Mm-hmm. And she gives you the once over and decides if you're healthy or not, and then you can proceed. Is she a doctor? Well, see, I don't know. I you you, I, you feel kind of good after you get the thumbs up because then you know you've been seen by a medical professional. <laughs> <laughs> now, hold on just for a second, Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> so they're basically. The eyeballing you, Johnson, is what they're doing. What happens? You're you're not getting blood drawn or peeing in a cup. They're just eyeballing. Say you meet a young lady in the bar, Mm -hmm. and the young lady and you, you hit it off, and then you want to spend time with her socially. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you go upstairs. You would go upstairs. But before you see that young lady, this woman about 115 years old comes out. Now, your first thought is, oh, this is the old bait and switch, right? (laughs) But really, she's the dick inspector, and she... Does she have a card that says dick inspector? No, she puts out her hand with uh, some tissue. Now, this is all... Oh, she uses tissue, so this she is does. hygienic. She's okay. a very hygienic lady. And, and and now, this is all, remind you, this is just from, you know, word of mouth, I've heard stories right. I've heard. Her uh-huh. Tales you've heard. Yes. Yeah. And she puts... So she's like 150 years old, and she holds out her hand with this uh, pieces of toilet paper, and says, wiener, wiener, because <laughs> that's the only English she can speak, and who, you know, if, if there was a customer there, they would expose themselves to this uh, medical professional, and I guess, unless there's like blood or <laughs> open sores or something. I mean, what, is, and, and I guess maybe we need to run down there and get a, have an interview or something. Because what is the cutoff? I mean, is it just like large open sores? See, is it, I, I think that, I, I think they got it. You know, I think wiener. They, I wiener. think it's a great Is there area. a chart that she carries with it? Is she, she did, I, I didn't notice the a magnifying chart. glass. <laughs> but she says wiener. And then if she gives you the all clear, 
being the medical professional that she is, then you can proceed to be with the young lady. But you must have you first. You have to get her clearance. And I must tell you, it, it you know it makes a person feel good and makes a person feel like a bad uh, you know. A, now, now, do you get a do you get a uh, like a certificate that because I think when it's like around and do it or now, or now keep in do mind they put this a stamp is, on this your hand in all, case you come back later on. This is all secondary information. Like if you I, okay, but uh, what I'm wondering is, is, do they stamp your hand? I don't think they stamp anything. Uh, Do they stamp your wiener? No, I don't think so. I think she gives it the, one, the once over, and if she gives you the thumbs up, you're good to go. Now, if if there's reason for more tests, I don't know exactly what they like do. There's thumbs down. They, you, you, probably have, you probably have to give her ten bucks or something. I don't know. <laughs> this but. this this gonna cost extra. Yeah, <laughs> this gonna cost. So if you're ever in Juarez and you want you know you want to um, uh, get a get a screening. Um, there's people there that will do it for you. Well, I don't think it'd be a bad idea to have your penis inspected once in a while. Well, you, you, yeah, I think you're right. It, it does couldn't hurt. Well, you know, and, and I will, uh, I will. Uh, you probably need it inspected after you see the girl. I would uh, think that would be the more prudent thing. And I don't know that we're going to finish this podcast, but I got to tell a quick story. Okay. My doctor's Jesus out of town. God. Yeah. I had a uh, incident walking through a store. I don't. Where it's called tactician. Testicular torsion, mm-hmm. and basically, you, you twisted your wiener. They hang from little cords, and they can turn. And it's the most painful thing you ever experience. I mean, it's worse than a kidney stone. It's worse than anything. So they had to take me to the emergency room for this. Mm-hmm. And then they wanted me to follow, and they got it straightened out. They just turned them around, unspun them. It was like a yo-yo, you know, kind of like a slinky when they get all yeah, when they get all tangled yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, so my doctor not in town, so I got to go see my wife's doctor. Now, my mm-hmm. wife's doctor is an attractive woman, mm-hmm. and uh, so I go see the doctor. Now, the doctor looked me over and everything, and, you know, I go back home. Okay. Now, it's my wife's doctor, and uh, my wife said, well, what did the doctor have to say? And I said, she just said, that's pretty impressive. But that, she did that, not that, say that. And was that your entire story? That was the point of your whole story? That was the point of the story. Oh, Jesus. God. Testicular torsion is, we need to have a... Uh, a, a fun room? A, awareness. Testicular torsion awareness. You want to do a bucket thing? And you should wear purple for it. Okay. Okay. We'll look into getting a GoFundMe page for that. Now, can we go back to Richard Ramirez? Please? If you guys would stay on topic, and I just have to say, okay, we really? had a, a lovely guest walk in. So, yeah, say hello, Nicole. Say hello, Nicole. Hello. We have Nicole here who uh, is sitting in on the podcast just to listen. So, welcome, Nicole. And uh, you'll be a star now, and you'll have stalkers, and it will be a whole crazy thing. Brittany, you little skank, we're replacing the alcoholic ass. <laughs> It's not a skank nor an alcoholic. Okay, let's get back to Richard Ramirez. Richard, so Richard Ramirez, born in El Paso, as I said, which was right, was right across this, the uh, bridge from Juarez, Mexico, where his dad had worked as a police officer. Now, his dad had a, a temper, and he would be—he was very abusive to Richard as a child. Um, Richard also sustained two serious head injuries as a child when he was two years old. A dresser fell on top of him, causing his forehead laceration, requiring 30 stitches to close. So that wasn't a good thing. And then when he was five years old, he was knocked unconscious uh, by a park swing. Um, 
and he started experiencing frequent epileptic seizures. Epileptic? That, yeah, it, it persisted uh, into his early teen years. Now, you know, we've no. talked about other serial killers where they've had some head injuries, you know. A lot of them have about in- Chuck having a head injury. Yeah. Well, and you know what? This kind of plays into that because you remember back in the day, Timmy, the swings... Yeah. They want to curve things they are now. Oh, playgrounds were, were dangerous as hell. <laughs> hell yeah. We had it was a, like a minefield. We had we had monkey bars. You remember a monkey, bunch of babies. You had monkey bars on concrete. No, Timmy. Well, hold on, hold on. I got it's uh, called Darwinism. Now my friend Bobby Hannekamp, his sister. A loyal listener. Uh, he, no, Bobby Hannekamp dead now. Oh, well, um, <laughs> well, probably his sister listen his sister was not going to get any downloads from him. Death no. follows uh, him everywhere. Everyone he knows, he's got everyone he story he tells is about someone dead. So his sister climbs to the top of the monkey bars. Now Bobby Hannikamp, being the mean little son bitch he is, goes up, pushes his sister, and the girl like a pinball hitting every bar on the way down. But so yeah, they had to take her and get stitches. I think she knocked some of her teeth out too. Did she end up but, to be uh, a serial killer? Uh, he ended up going to prison for, for some stuff, and then he died. But uh, okay. we're really better off without him. Okay, can we um, get back to Richard Ramirez? No, I was going to talk about the swings real quick. Okay. When I was when when the colonel was a kid, my brother used to dare me to do crazy stuff. Yeah. And uh, he, I was a kid when this he started. dared me uh, to jump off one of those swings. I just want to point out this Friday. This is Friday afternoon. I have mm-hmm. to do a podcast with Scott on Sunday. So if we could kind of wrap it up. Well, you're talking kind of slow. <laughs> This is what people yeah. want to hear. Is more more Colonel, less Night Star. Oh yeah, we get that. So we, anyway, we get that a lot. Yeah, I get, get to the top of the. That. I get to the apex of the where the swing goes up real high. Uh-huh. And I jump off. Uh-huh. And I land, and I'm so proud because I'm trying to impress my big brother. You know, right. you know how y'all with your big brother. Yeah. The damn swing come back at me right in the forehead. That's I had to get four lot. stitches. It's like, it's one of their visual things. It probably would have been funny to see, but. No, it was horrid. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Colonel. Thank you for that story. Um, Harrowing. So, so Richard Ramirez, uh, you know, he had some head issues. (laughs) (laughs) He kept getting hit in the head. And uh, anyway, he started having these seizures after he um, was hit in the head with the the scissors. Seizures when he was hit in the head. Seizures. When he was hit in the head at uh, at the park. So at 12 years old, um, he had an older cousin named Miguel or Mike Ramirez, and he was a veteran of the Vietnam War. He was a U.S. Green Beret. He was a combat veteran. And um, Mike was his kind of his pal. He kind of looked up to him, older brother type of um, cousin. Uh, and he would talk to uh, Richard about his... He would boast to Richard about some of his exploits during the Vietnam War. He had Polaroid photos of his victims that he killed, Vietnamese, uh, even uh, including Vietnamese women that he raped. So he would tell Richard all these horrid, sto- horrible stories, showing these photos, photos of um, uh, civilians with their heads severed, women that he had abused in Vietnam, and they would get high, uh, they would smoke dope, and, and talk about these, um, you know, his war stories, whatever. So he was exposed to this. And he taught young uh, Richard some of his military training. He taught, showed, taught him how to ski, uh, steal or kill, and, uh, you know, taught him how to use weaponry, that sort of thing. So he's learned some skills that he would put to use later on. 
Now, around this time, um, he Richard start uh, would as I said, his father was pretty abusive, and Richard didn't like staying in the house. He was scared of his uh, father. So guess what he did, Brandy? What? Uh, Richard would sleep in the local cemetery. Well, that's not uh, some place for him. Yeah, so uh, it beats, I guess, uh, Motel 6. Uh, uh, does it? Because yeah. they, they at least leave a light on for you. Yeah, it's kind of weird to guess, sleep in a local cemetery, but that's what Richie did. He was known as Richie by his family, by the way. Um, now, Richie was present when his cousin Mike... Uh, shot and killed his wife, Jesse, Mike's wife, Jesse, in the face with a 38 caliber caliber revolver um, during a domestic argument abuse uh, uh, argument uh, on May 4th, 1973. After the shooting, uh, Richie kind of became withdrawn from his family and his peers. And probably went back, slept back into the graveyard. I don't know what. Well, and I think that woman, that girl that he killed, I think she sort of helped take care of him. Yeah. Well, I mean, he always was at their house. I think she kind of helped take. Yeah, care Yeah, he of must him. have a relationship. He had a he had a relationship. With yeah. Her. So he become more and more distant from his family. Uh, he went in to move in with his older sisters, Ruth, and her husband, Roberto. And Roberto was an interesting guy. He was an obsessive peeping Tom. I guess he was a peeping Roberto. Uh, Ruth and Roberto. And, uh, but, you know, being a, you know, trying to be a good role model, he would take uh, Richie along on his nocturnal exploits. Well, uh, don't you think being a peeping Tom is... Uh, I think peeping. Peeping Roberto. Or Roberto and Jesus, whatever that was. Uh-huh. Um, and and maybe, you know, I'm reading this and hearing all these names and thinking maybe Donald Trump right, but... Um, Did you... Seriously, you just said that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just He's, saying. But anyway, don't you think it's a compliment uh, to the women? These are just... Huh? Don't you think it's kind of a compliment to the women? I mean, you're going to crawl all the when way you up and look into the window? That's, I, that's, know, dude. That's I mean, I think creepy. that's the highest form of flattery to a woman. That you're going to okay. peek in the window and look at her. Okay. I'll make sure to let Renee Ain't nobody want to look way. at an ugly woman, so if you're I'm going to tell Renee time, now that you think peeping is okay. I didn't say it's okay. No, I'm I say it's sure flattery. That that. That it's, uh, well, I'm going to make sure that she knows. Did the man think you're attractive? Well, this is before they had... This is before webcams. And internet porn. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. So, um, so you, during how do you know so much about internet porn? So during this time, um, Richard started experimenting with LSD, yes, and cultivated an interest in Satanism, much like Brandy, the devil here. over yeah, here. Yeah, um, that's not true. Okay. Did you ever see him at the meetings or? <laughs> Saw your mom there. Uh, <laughs> Mike, hold on, stop! I, I gotta call shenanigans. You do not talk about Dottie Scott that way. Take it back now, mom. devil. <laughs> my mom dead. How about your mom? Oh, his mom's de- his mom's, my mom's dead. dead. Yeah. Then I guess she can't refute that claim, can she? <laughs> you can't defame the dead. She's got a point. <laughs> that was wrong, devil. Yeah. You know his brother died as well. Everybody dies. And his cousin and his who your cousin uh, who fell off the. Monkey bars. Cousin Clem. Yeah. My cousin Clem. Death is his best friend. That's <laughs> not my brother-in-law. Death is your companion. His co-pilot. <laughs> Death is his co-pilot. Okay, anyway. Back to Ramirez. So uh, his cousin, Mike Ramirez, was found guilty of murder uh, by reason of insanity, but they took in consideration his combat record as a mitigating factor. I guess he raped and 
decapitated enough uh, Viet Cong that um, they kind of threw him a bone. He was released in 1977 after serving four years in prison. So he got rewarded. No, at the, I'm sorry, at the Texas State Mental Hospital for the murder of his wife, um, Jesse. So, but that wasn't Richard. That was his cousin. But he had a, he had a lot of influence over Richard, and um, so Richard at this time he started hanging out with his uh, cousin Roberto, doing his peeping tom thing. Started, you know, he's doing LSD, worshiping Satan. Basically, he's got a full plate. Yeah, he's his plate's full. He's, he's, you know, he's a young man. He's got a lot of things going on. But um, he um, started having these sexual fantasies with violence, including bondage and rape. Again, where I mean, you know, in, you take the you take the name Richard out, put in Brandy. <laughs> I mean, it, it just flows. Okay, you know, things are hurtful. Right, yeah. right here. I'm I don't sorry. understand. You all think I have no heart? No, I'm just saying that you're. You know, you, well, you, you have your beliefs, and uh, we, you know, we're 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 a tolerant podcast. We're, we're not a tolerant, tolerant podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're very tough. Okay, Richard Ramirez. Let's move along because we're otherwise we'll get a podcast that goes an hour and forty seven minutes like last time. Uh-huh. And that's uh, because Chuck kept hearing. Yeah. Well, anyway, back to Ramirez. And you know, Celine, by the way, says I give you guys a hard time. She says I should ease up on you. I think she's Did Celine use the word, you dick, Timmy? No, she did oh, not. Okay. She's a lady. She, she would probably use that should term. have. Okay, so anyway, uh, Richard began having these uh, sexual fantasies with violence, including bondage and rape. And while still in school, he So those it. are peculiar things to have, is yeah. what you're saying? Is something wrong with that? So while he was still in school, he took a job at the local Holiday Inn, which is uh, a good, good no place for motel. That's where to go. Yeah. Uh, he used the pass key to rob sleeping patrons. Yes. And apparently that was frowned upon. <laughs> frowned upon. <laughs> because he was abruptly fired. Abruptly? <laughs> yeah, because... Dude, what he, is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, his employment ended abruptly. I believe abruptly. the man had a stroke today <laughs> before he came Well, over. I've been on this podcast for 35 years. It's like a no fucking more. telethon right here, Timmy. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, I, you know, I'm not used to podcasting for eight hours at a time. His, his, so his employment ended abruptly after a hotel guest returned to his room and found Ramirez attempting to rape his wife. That's yeah, that can be a problem. Yeah, it, I'm sure there's something in the personnel policy addresses that. <laughs> you're not going to. That's tip. at least a verbal warning, I would think. <laughs> you're, you're, not, like, you're not going to tip the maid when that happens. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so though the uh, though the husband beat Ramirez <laughs> senseless at the scene, criminal charges were dropped uh, when the couple who lived out of the state declined to return to testify against him. So again, there's you know another example we always go through where someone has a chance to testify. They could have stopped him. They could have. They basically sa- this is all their fault. Well, he may have saved seventeen li- or thirteen yeah. lives had they uh, uh, had they testified against him. But you know he probably been out in a week and a half. So who knows? Well, <laughs> and again we were talking about this earlier. You know he wasn't a strong guy. He wasn't a big guy. He relied on the element of surprise. So the fact that some Somebody beat the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. Not shocking. Yeah. he was yeah. scrawny. Yeah, he was kind of scrawny. But anyway, he dropped out of high school in the ninth grade and, you know, and continued his odd sleeping habits of sleeping in the um, cemetery. Uh, and at age 22, he moved to uh, California from Texas. And that's when his shenanigans started to really kick in. That's when things picked up. So you going to put the candy crush down now and I'm, tell us I'm the gonna story? I'm going to try and do my part. Well, if you just so you do your part, you put your damn phone and down. Yeah. yeah, and he did don't a lot of murders. So he committed a lot yeah. of murders. Don't worry so. about what I'm doing. I got. Let's this. just hit the highlights of the murders. Okay. 
They did. They <laughs> just... <laughs> Whole pocket full of shish right here for you. I'm just saying, they ain't coming back, they ain't coming back to life. You ain't got to give them all. Well, my Props. God. Yeah, but we may join them before you let me do this, so shut up. Couldn't say nothing about my mom. Well, she your did. mom. Yeah, I know. His mom passed away. I heard somewhere. All right, so he started on April 10th of 1984. Um, he found, or there was a nine-year-old, her name was May Lung, uh, who was found murdered in a hotel basement where Whoa. Ramirez was living in the Tenderloin District of San Francisco. I stayed there. I assume that's the gay district. No. No, it's the Chinese district. No, district. no, no, It's no. not the Chinese district. That's Chinatown. No, oh, no, no. It's the... Tenderloin District is a is a district in it's near downtown. It's north of Market Street. It's kind of kind of the bad part of town, but it's uh, you know there's a lot of interesting characters live there. But there's also a lot of homeless, like heroin addicts and stuff on the street. But so I fit right in. I stayed there when I was out there. It was nice. I mean, it was nice. I don't what. The fuck you talking about? Yeah, it's a bad part of town. It's what does that mean? <laughs> the power exchange was there, and they had that's a place where it's like a swingers place. Sure, yeah. sure. Okay. Did you stay there? No, oh. I went to uh, House of Blues, which is also in the. So they have re- revitalized the Tenderloin District a little bit, but there's still some shenanigans going on. Sure. Did they have Dwina inspected at the power exchange? Do I think I that's illegal. Dwina inspected. I didn't go to the power exchange, so I cannot answer oh, okay. that question. Uh, so this little girl had been raped, beaten, and stabbed to death, and her body was found hanging from a pipe. Uh, this was actually his first known killing, but not identified as such um, until 2009 when his DNA was matched to DNA uh, obtained at the crime scene. So this is the first victim of his that we know yeah. about for sure. So then he took a month off, and on June 28th of 1984, he visited uh, 79-year-old Jeannie Vin- Vincow, and she was brutally murdered in her apartment in Glassell Park. She'd been stabbed repeatedly uh, while asleep in her bed, and her throat was slashed so deep that she was nearly decapitated. On March 17, 1985, so he went underground for a little while, traveled a little bit, did some work. Yeah. Um, and on March, Took in a movie or two. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, March 17, 1985, Ramirez attacked 22-year-old Maria Hernandez outside her home in Rosemead. Uh, he shot her in the face with a 22 caliber handgun after she pulled into her garage. But she survived when the bullet ricocheted off her keys as she held her hands up to protect herself. Inside the house, her roommate, Dale Ozaski, who was 34, heard the gunshots and ducked behind a counter when she saw Ramirez enter the, ca- the kitchen. I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I'm just hoping that one of my... If I ever am walking in the house and somebody shoot me in the face... She was in her car. Okay, I'm in my car. I'm coming into my house. Somebody shoot me in the face. Uh-huh. I'm hoping somebody in the house ain't just ducking down behind the couch. What do you want them to do? Well, it, it well there's guns all over my house. Somebody grab a damn gun and start shooting back. Well, nobody will avenge you. This doesn't turn out very well for the no, roommate. No, she ducks behind the counter. The couch. She gets behind the counter. And she saw Ramirez enter her kitchen, and for whatever reason, she raised her head to see what was going on, and he shot her in the forehead and killed see, her. See, never raise your head, you know, if you're, never peek out. It's from that text, and you know what? Had the woman been armed and shooting back, that would have never happened. That's okay, why I say everybody you, in the country should arm themselves. Within an hour. Okay, there, all Destin. Yes, right. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> Within an hour, Ramirez pulled 30-year-old, say, you would be better at these names, Timmy, 
Saline. <laughs> What's that? That's oh, you. That's we racist. We got another Asian one? Yeah. Yeah. They called her Veronica. Tell me you probably went uh, over to But they pulled them. her out of her car in Monterey Park and shot her twice with a twenty two caliber handgun and fled. Didn't even steal her car. Just shot her and took off. She was pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. Uh, the two murders and the third and the attempted murder and a single day attracted extensive uh, coverage from the news media who dubbed the curly-haired attacker with bulging eyes and wide-spaced rotting teeth, the walk-in killer, and the valley intruder. Man, which neither, no, man. Neither not, one of those yeah, are very They're not creative. very cool names. They're yeah. not cool. And why pick on a man's teeth? Well, it's descriptive, I suppose. So that was on March 17th. You know that Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols got his name because of his bad teeth? Mm-hmm. All right. On March 27, 1985, Ramirez entered a home. <laughs> entered a home that he had burgled a year burgled? earlier. Burgled? Burgled? A burgled? Burgled. Burgled? Burgled. Bungled? He had burglared the home. <laughs> he buggered. He no. buggered a whole home. Burglared. Okay. <laughs> burgled. He, he was. He was a buggerer too, huh? Burgled. Burgled. Okay. Oh, Did not so what know that, that means right there, burgled, that means fuck yourself. <laughs> That's what that means. Well, there so, goes our G rating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyway, yeah, he'd I been think there. that went with the Dick Inspector <laughs> okay, talk yeah. conversation. Here we go. He robbed the place yeah. a year before, and then he came back. It was in Whittier, California. Well, came they had a chance, chance to buy some more stuff. <laughs> <a refill>. well, <laughs> uh, he actually <laughs> broke into their house about 2 a.m., um, killed uh, sleeping Vincent... Zazara, who was 64 with a gunshot wound to his head from a 22. At least, at least he's cutting Asians a break, finally. Well, I know, finally. Uh, Zazara's wife, Maxine, who was 44. Goodness gracious. Uh, <laughs> what <laughs> is that? What's she that? 64 and 44. Yeah. Somebody oh, somebody oh. was getting lost. She about to kill him anyway. Well, she, right. It was well, about that time. He was about a week away from a heart attack. Yeah, uh, she was 44. She's she, almost a man. She was awakened by her husband's murder. <laughs> it woke her up. That inc- I can't get no sleep. Consider it, some bitch. <laughs> well, well, you know. Can he have a stroke or something? <laughs> Quietly. It's, it's either snoring or somebody getting <laughs> yeah. beaten beside you. It's a yeah. horrible thing. Uh, but Ramirez beat her, bound her hands while demanding to know where all her valuables were, which he should know since he'd been there before. <laughs> he already run- Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
Probably was. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, he probably didn't take notes. Where you knew hiding spots at. Yeah. Well, while he ransacked the room, Maxine escaped her bonds and retrieved a shotgun from under the bed, but it wasn't loaded. Oh. See? That sucks. That's a problem. That, that is, uh, that's seems. a problem. Now, we've got two incidents here, two clear incidents, where have people been carrying fully automatic AK-47s this guy wouldn't be walking around. Well, she had a weapon. I say everybody should be ha- having an a, a AR-15 on the shoulder. She just didn't have, and that only pissed him off, didn't it? It <laughs> did. <laughs> it pissed him off. So he shot her three times with the twenty-two, then got a carving because knife. Because you know why? From His kitchen. gun was loaded. <laughs> well, yeah, he came prepared. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So her body was mutilated with multiple stab wounds, and her eyes were gouged out and placed in a jewelry box, which Ramirez took with him. So well, I don't token. know. Well, I don't know why we know that they were. But well, whatever. she had eyes like sapphires. Obviously, uh, all the but all the. Well, I think it goes back. Again, goes back to his cousin. You know, giving him all his horror stories. What he did yeah. to the folks in Nam. Um, yeah, well. And all the head injuries because he couldn't like well, not yeah. bounce his head off. Shit. Yeah, he was like uh, Fred West. He, like one of my damn kids. Can't knock his head on shit. <laughs> he didn't know his own dimensions very oh, well. Oh God, the uh, mutilations were post mortem, so that was, I guess, a good thing. Uh, Ramirez left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you're gonna be mutilated, would you rather be mutilated? Well, yeah. Pre mortem or post mortem? Well, I think at that point it makes a little I, difference I, to me. Yeah. Well, it would if you were if you were alive and I was gouging out your eyes. That would be worse. It'd be more painful than if you were dead and I pop your eyes out with a you know grapefruit spoon. I think one eye I'd like to be alive for just to see what it was like because I like to see what the back of my eye looks like. You absolutely would probably idiot. Keep an so eye anyway, Ramirez left Keep footprints. An eye for that. Yeah, yeah. Write that down. Ramirez left footprints from a fair from a pair of Avias sneakers in the oh. flower beds. Also, he was cheap too. He, well, he was what poor. New Balance. New Balance. They didn't have. He did not have New Balances. No. Uh, the police photographed and cast this uh, footprint, and this was the only evidence that the police had at the time. Bullets found at the scene were matched to those found in previous attacks, and the police realized that a serial killer was at large. Uh, Vincent and Maxine's bodies were discovered by their son Peter the next morning. On May 14th of 1985, Ramirez returned to Monterey Park in search of another random victim and entered the home of Bill Doy, Doy, 66, and his descendants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's make fun of the victims. <laughs> yeah. Name. Now, let's play blame the victim here, devil. <laughs> Not play, name, blame the victim. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't know. Ain't no, this, this some bitch walked around shooting killing, chopping people up, and you're giggling about <laughs> What the hell is wrong with you? Your mom's she's dead. A, Shut up. She's a Satanist. She is a Satanist. Yeah, I'm just getting pleasure from this. Get behind thee, Satan. <laughs> Satanist. You'll have an orgasm before this thing is over. Oh, let's not do that. <laughs> I don't think so. Am I, we're going to get through. We're going to need to get through this. Uh, she's she's over there quivering. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. You're going to smoke a cigarette after the this home devil. Of, I'm Give a, it to me, Satan. <laughs> Sorry, I got away. Give me the high hot one, Satan. <laughs> Continue, Brandy. I'm sorry, I was a professional boss. For real? Yeah. We've got we've got we got young Nicole here. Nicole, we apologize for anything. Uh, she's offended for me. Yeah. I can't even look at her. She, is there a way she's listening to this podcast when she Are you offended at all? Are you offended somewhat by what this girl's doing over here? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what's happening. So anyway, 
He goes to the home of Bill Doy <laughs> and and his and his disabled wife Lillian. <laughs> So oh my God! He surprised Doy <laughs> in his bedroom. <laughs> Bill, let's call him Bill. Doy, Doy, Doy. Surprised Bill in his bedroom. Big Doy. And shot him in the face. You got Bill Doy and the crippled Doy. Everybody in the face. <laughs> that son of a bitch was a good shot. And shooting everybody in the face. Well, uh, I bet Doy was pretty uh, taken aback by that. Turn, turn, turn the. <laughs> I bet he. I bet. I bet he was surprised. <laughs> he was. So what shoots you in the face? So, you're just not expecting that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. No, you don't really. So he's shot in the face. Did he have keys? Because that would. They could have reflected. You know. If no. He had keys. Oh. No, he didn't have keys. Jesus. So he he shot him in the face as as Doy was going for his own handgun. Oh, so Doy was pa- uh, packing. Oh, he was packing. He was no, ready. No, he was not packing. He had a gun in the house, but he did not have it on his person. Yeah. So, well, well, why would you wear it around if you're rolling around in your bathrobe? Just, you know, <laughs> Gotta get my gun belt on? Because no. some stranger might come in and shoot me in the face. Is it, <laughs> Nicole, I got, <laughs> I got a question for you, Nicole. After hearing this, when you go home tonight, is the first thing you're going to do is stick a gun down in your, your, the waistband in your pants? Oh, absolutely. It should be. It should be. Have, if you learn nothing from it, arm yourself, girl. Arm yourself. God. Okay, so anyway, so that wasn't good enough, and he he beat him. <laughs> Ramirez just beat the shit Jesus out of him. Christ. Beat him into unconscious. Then he went into Lillian's bedroom. Lillian. Lillian. Uh, bound her with thumb cuffs. I don't Ooh. understand, like, those Chinese thumb cuffs that no, you get at parties. No, the little tiny baby hand. Timmy got some downstairs yeah, from Alcatraz. Uh, yeah, they're... Um, I don't like They're the it. same as regular handcuffs, because once you put them on the thumbs, they can't move their arms anyway. You can buy them at Hustler. I know. Ain't never been in there. Devil been in there. Devil got a... Devil got one of those old cards that punch holes oh, in yeah, yeah, Like your 10th visit, yeah. you get something free. Yeah. No, I do not. <laughs> Do you have I a member? No, they show? just know me when I walk in. It's like Norm at Cheers. You have a rewards, <laughs> yeah. you have a rewards card? <laughs> Her next purchase, 30% off. I'm getting one of those big fuzzy shoe chairs <laughs> next time I go in for free. Anywho, uh, he raped her and then ransacked the home for valuables. Uh, Bill ended up dying of his injuries while in the hospital. But Lillian, Bill hold on. Lillian survived. He raped the disabled woman? He raped yeah, the disabled yeah. woman. Oh, this vile bastard. He did it a couple times. He's pretty gross. Yeah, he was. Uh, on the night of, that was the May 14th, on the night of May 29th, 1985, Ramirez stole a Mercedes Benz and went nice. to Monrovia and stopped at the Hell's, oh, see, here we go. This one is gross. Er. Uh, stopped at the house of Mabel Ma Bell, 83, and her sister Florence Nettie Lang, 81. Ma Bell? Oh. He found a hammer in the kitchen. He bludgeoned and bound the invalid Lang in her bedroom, uh. then bound and bludgeoned Bell before using an electrical cord to electrically shock the woman. After raping Yang, Lang, sorry, after raping Lang, he used Mabel Bell's lipstick to draw a pentagram on her thigh as well as one on the wall of both bedrooms. Um, So he raped the old one? He raped one of the old ones. Uh, They were discovered two days later. Both women were still alive, uh, but they were comatose, and Belle later ended up dying of her injuries. Tough-ass old ladies there. They were kind of badass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, And yet, and they put up... Now, how old was these women? They're 83 and 81. 
And he raped an 83-year-old? He, God, let me see. Yeah, he was a sick, he was a sicko. Uh, it doesn't say. Doesn't say. Because you know by 81, there was, there was. But let I me mean, tell you they, something. They had turned full man by then. Well, come on, stop it. That's your grandma, but. <laughs> let me. His grandma's dead. They, of grandma course she dead. is. <laughs> yeah. Of course she is. She died at my mama's funeral. Here's the thing. <laughs> I read about, I read about Richard Ramirez besides this. And besides my stellar research? Besides your shit, here. <laughs> really? I, read, yeah, I sure. read a book that had actual You mean you actually done. did research? No, I read this a while ago. But anyway, oh, okay. these women, um, with the, he came in, they were asleep and whatever. They put up a hell of a fight. They tore up the house. <laughs> Fighting this guy you know, off. They weren't fucking with him. These are two tough old birds, and, and it's a shame that one of them died. The other one never really recovered. She was already... Well, the, well she's she probably was, dead by now. That was... Well, Lang was already... Uh, well, I'm sure she's dead by now. This was in 85, <laughs> and she was 81. Um, she was already an yeah, invalid. Uh, one of them was a, an invalid, and I think it was um, Lang. So the one that survived was already an invalid. She well, wasn't how much fight could she put up? I don't know. I, I would assume her arms worked. <laughs> she, she wheelchair butted him. <laughs> you guys are horrible people. Uh, the it's next awful day, what he's, this guy's doing. The next we, day. We condemn it. <laughs> I see she that. She tried to hit him with a walker, but she fell down. <laughs> sort of like uh, Lieutenant Dan in Force Gump. <laughs> oh, poor Lieutenant Dan. He tried to run with no legs. Yeah. Uh, the next day, Got May 30th, magic legs. May 30th, 1985, uh, Ramirez, dro- Ramirez drove the same car to Burbank and snuck into the home of Carol Kyle, 42. At gunpoint, he bound Kyle and her 11-year-old son with handcuffs and uh. ransacked the house. He released Kyle to direct him where the family's valuables were and then sodomized her repeatedly. Uh, he oh. repeatedly ordered her not to look at him, telling her at one point that he would cut her eyes out. He fled the scene after retrieving the child from the closet and binding the two together again with handcuffs. So he didn't kill them. I mean, He just sodomized, he the, sodomized woman the woman and stole a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. So she's damaged for life, and so is her kid. After he took recall, the family the jewels. See. Yes. And if I recall, the kid could see what he was doing. Ugh. That's uh, just not kosher. On the night of July 2nd, 1985, Ramirez stole a Toyota and went to Arcadia. Okay, so he steals a Mercedes one day, and then a few days later he steals a Toyota. Well, the, the Mercedes got burned. Somebody recognized Well, he started it, he worrying about climate change and whatnot. Well, I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he was getting all into Well, that. maybe yeah. the insurance is more expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Couldn't afford the insurance. Anymore. Drove to Arcadia and randomly selected the house of Mary Louise Cannon, 75. After quietly entering uh, the widowed grandmother's home, he found her asleep in her bedroom. He bludgeoned her into unconsciousness with a lamp, then repeatedly stabbed her using a 10-inch butcher knife from her kitchen. She was found dead at the crime scene. On July 5th, 1985, Ramirez broke into a home in Sierra Madre and bludgeoned 16-year-old Whitney Bennett with a tire iron as she slept in her bedroom. After searching in vain for a knife in the kitchen... Seriously, you can't find a knife in a freaking kitchen? You people don't have a fucking knife in this house? (laughs) Jesus, they have to use a fork? They have a lot of jello. He attempted well, to strangle he's got a, the girl. He's bringing handcuffs. Can he bring his own knife? You would think. I, well, you, yeah, but you can't put those in your pocket. They bother, you know, mm, it wears maybe. a spot. Um, let's see. So he hit her with a tire iron while she slept. But he had a tire iron. He can't find a knife, but he has a tire iron. Well, uh, he attempted to strangle the girl with Everybody a telephone cord. Yeah, that don't work very well. Uh, with a what? 
telephone cord. He attempted to strangle her with a telephone cord. Yeah. But he was startled to see sparks come from the cord. (laughs) And was taken aback. And when his victims began to breathe, when his victim began to breathe, he fled the house, believing that Jesus Christ had intervened and saved her. Well, that's. Maybe she, maybe he did. She survived the savage beating, which required 478 stitches to close the lacerations to her scalp. Weird. She was 16, right? She was 16. So unlike, I think the, her parents were out of town. Oh, uh, so yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He he's not. I mean, he's just going to house to house. Yeah, and this is a guy that was obviously into overkill. Like, well, he he basically like the de- deranged Avon lady is what he's he is. De- was it decompensating? Like yeah, further decompressing. No. Deteriorating. Deteriorating. Either one of those, but it's yeah. not, I think it's decompensating, but whatever. Decompensating is when, like, you're taking medication and you stop taking it. Yeah. You decompensate. Yeah, but I think he's going kind of along those lines. He was but like anyway. this, Timmy. Land Candy Graham. Yeah. Candy Graham. Uh, let's see. Night Stalker. Again, that was on July 5th. Yeah. Well, and if you notice, too, they get closer and closer together. Yeah, I mean, all this is, I mean, these are just like a couple right. of days apart. Anybody who watched Criminal Minds know that when they start getting closer and closer together, you got a yeah, problem. you got problems. Yeah. On July 7th, 1985, Ramirez burglarized the home of Joyce Lucille Nelson, 61, again in Monterey Park. Finding her asleep on her living room couch, he beat her to death using his fist and kicking her head. A shoe print from his Avia sneaker... Uh, was left imprinted on her face. Damn. The guy should buy some new shoes. He didn't shoot her in the no, face. No, those were good shoes. If they was leaving footprints on people's forehead, they was they had good soles on them. After cruising two other neighborhoods, he went back to Monterey Park, which evidently was just easy pickings, and chose the home of Sophie Dickman, 63. It's a very, it's an exclusive. Uh, Ramirez assaulted and handcuffed Dickman at gunpoint, attempted to rape her, and stole her jewelry. He couldn't get hard. That's why he didn't rape her. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's just embarrassing. When she yes. swore... I'm sorry. This is this kind of thing never happened to me before. Yeah. I swear this never happened. I never... I, I could rape I was. I, I could rape at will. I mean, I, I, I could rape three, four times a night. I don't know what's going on here. It must be stress at work or something. He stole her jewelry, and when she swore to him that Did he, he wear taken, it? He wanted to feel pretty. Uh, when she swore to him that he'd taken everything of value, he told her to swear on Satan. Uh, yeah, see, I think he's playing a Satan card. He's setting up a uh, insanity defense. I don't think he mind. was that bright, but that's okay. On July 20th, 1985, Ramirez purchased a machete uh, before driving the stolen Toyota to Glendale. He chose the home of Leela Needing, 66, and her husband, Maxon, 68. He burst in the sleeping couple's bedroom and hacked them with the machete, then killed them with shots to the head from a twenty two caliber handgun. Again, overkill. He further mutilated their bodies with the machete before robbing the house of valuables. After quickly fencing the stolen items from their residence, he drove to Sun Valley. At approximately 4.15 a.m., he broke into the home of the, is it Kavanaugh family? He murdered, that's a hell of a name, uh, Chenanarong. Uh, It seems like it's like a Cambodian name or something. By shooting the sleeping man in the head with a twenty-five caliber handgun. Instantly killing him. Is there such a thing, or is that a typo? No, it's 25. Okay. Yeah, I believe he stole that from another... He from got that from house. another house, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then he repeatedly raped some kids, Kavanaugh, beating and sodomizing her. He bound the couple's terrified 8-year-old son before dragging some kid around the house to reveal... <laughs> just random kid Poor bastard get drug around the house, and he can't even get a shout-out on the show. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just some dumbass kid. Um, anyway... Uh, what he, was the point of dragging him around, around the house? 
dragged, he drug her around the house to reveal the location of any valuable items, which he then stole. During his assault, he demanded again that she swear to Satan that she was not hiding any money from him. More fun, kid. <laughs> uh, Would you swear to Satan, Brandon? Yep. If it meant getting him the hell out of my house, <laughs> I swear to whatever you want. I, I swear to an ostrich you got everything. It don't friggin' matter. I'm could, not, you, could you imagine that poor bastard happening upon the devil because about 2 I o'clock certain, in the morning? Oh, I feel certain that God would understand if I did that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So I'm I good. feel sorry for him. He come in your house. My little ball bat. You shut up. Uh, let's see. On October 6, 1985, Ramirez drove to Northridge and broke into the home of Chris and Virginia Peterson. He crept into the bedroom, startled Virginia, 27, and then shot her in the face. Well, he's big on shooting people in the face. He's big on shooting people in the face. What's, what's really well, because then they can't look at you. Uh, shot him in the face, her in the face with a 25 caliber semi-automatic handgun. He shot Chris Peterson in the temple and attempted to flee, but he fought back and avoided being hit by two more shots during the struggle before Ramirez escaped. And the, both the couple, both of them survived their injuries. Good for them. Uh, let's see, on October 8th, uh, Ramirez drove a stolen car to Diamond Bar and chose the home of Sakina Abawath, 27, on a roll. and her husband, Elas, something, 31. Anyway, sometime after 2.30, he entered the home and went into the master bedroom. He instantly killed uh, the sleeping Elas with a shot to the head from his 25. So you know, Colonel, if someone breaks in your house, they're going to kill you before they kill Renee. Well, no, so, and, and this is just for anybody listening out there, and, and people know the Colonel kind of well off and, you know, got a lot of stuff, nice stuff. You're well to do. You're well, well to, to do, do yeah. Um, if Richard Ramirez were to come into my house right now, or, you know, in any time in the last three years, he would have to face Rutabaker Walters. Right, your dog. And Rutabaker would chew him. He, Rutabaker would let you like die, but Renee would be good. Hmm? Rudy would let you die, but Renee would well, be good. Yeah, he would not be able to bother Renee. He would, he would, he yeah, would, but uh, you would die. Oh, uh, that's the price you pay. Yeah. You know. Okay, so, anywho. I would die because I would. Because everyone else dies. I wouldn't anyway. care. I know. <laughs> I mean, you know. He handcuffed and beat Sakina. Death is your partner. Co-pilot. <laughs> Co-pilot. Yeah. He handcuffed and beat Sakina while forcing her to reveal the location of the family jewelry and then brutally raped and sodomized her. He repeatedly What's demanded. What's the sodomizing? I don't know. I'm, I don't approve of the sodomizing. I do not either. Yeah, yeah, that's that's guys I mean, stealing, raping, sh- robbing, people beating in people face. in the face. So, sodomizing, you're going a step too far, I yeah. believe. He repeatedly demanded that. <laughs> repeatedly demanded that she swore on Satan that she would not scream during his assault. When the couple's three-year-old son entered the bedroom, Ramirez uh, tied the Ramirez tied the child up and then continued to rape uh, Sakina. He didn't hurt kids. I don't know. Yeah, but if I mean the kids. I know. That. Well, hopefully he's too young to remember. Uh, After Ramirez left the home, Sakina untied her son and sent him to the neighbors for help. Uh, Ramirez, who'd been following the media coverage of his crime, left the Los Angeles area and headed to the San Francisco Bay Area. Time to get out of Dodge. Yes. On August 18th, Ramirez entered the home of Peter and Barbara Pan. That's so unfortunate for him. Peter 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 Pan. Pan. Yes, that's so unfortunate for him. Was he young? No. He never aged. Well, 
He, this one did. Uh, Peter was 66 and was killed in his sleep with a gunshot to the uh-huh. temple from a 25. I always wonder what happened to him. Barbara, <laughs> well, he got older, moved to San Francisco, <laughs> married got- Barbara, who was 62. She was beaten, sexually violated, before yeah. being shot in the head and left for dead. At the crime scene, Ramirez used her lipstick to scrawl a pentagram and the phrase Jack the Knife on the bedroom wall. What's that? What's that? Yeah. It means he's a dick. I think he got the Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra song all messed up. When it was, it was discovered, yeah. Yeah. when it was discovered that the ballistic and shoe print evidence from the Night Stalker crime scenes matched the the Pan crime scene, then Mayor Sanf- Mayor of San Francisco Diane Feinstein divulged the information in a televised press conference, which pissed the police off. This leak infuriated the detectives in the case, as they knew the killer would be following the media coverage and have an opportunity to, opportunity. To destroy crucial forensic evidence. This is the same Diane Feinstein who's now the senator of California. Okay. Ramirez, who indeed had been watching the press, dropped his size 11 and a half of his sneakers over the side of the Golden Gate Bridge Damn, that that's night. that's big feet. His feet bigger than yours, devil. I don't think they are. He, he was on the beautiful <laughs> Golden Gate Bridge. I love that place. He remained in the area for a few more days and then headed back to L.A., on August 24th, Ramirez traveled the 76 miles back to Los Angeles in the stolen orange Toyota to Mission Viejo and broke into the house of Bill Carnes and his fiancée, Inez Erickson, through a back door. Ramirez entered the bedroom of the sleeping couple and, awake, and awakened Carnes when he cocked his 25. Wait, 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 wait a minute. So they were engaged, but they were sleeping in the same bed? They were fornicating. Oh, the they're fornicators. They're fornicators. They were living in sin. Well, maybe they were just, maybe they were just uh, cuddling. No, spooning, maybe. You know, spooning. I hate spooning. You know what they was doing? Well, okay. So anyway, and he got he came in the back. He he had a thing about back doors. Yeah, he, thing about sodomy. <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, he was the back door man there. So he let's see. He entered the bedroom of the sleeping couple. He wakened Carnes when he cocked his twenty five. He shot him three times in the head before turning his attention to Erickson. Ramirez told the terrified woman that he was the night stalker and forced her to swear that she loved Satan as he beat her with his fists. Yeah, that would be easy for you to do. And yeah. bound her with neckties from the closet. He wouldn't, he wouldn't even have to ask you. You <laughs> got it probably tattooed on your... Do, do you got any tattoos here? Let me see. She got she got to look like a pentagram on her shoulder there. Hold on. Yeah, I'm sorry. Bend down a little. Down. Look like you got a 666 on, up on your hairline there. Yeah. Go okay, go ahead. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt Give you. me that um, satanic look. Are we done? Yeah. We're done now. Okay. So, after stealing what he could find, he drug Erickson to another room to rape and sodomize her. And he goes, that's not me. But you know what? Here's the thing I don't get. Why do you always have to take people to different rooms to sodomize the people? Well, well you don't want to just do all that in one room. It gets messy. Right. It gets messy. It's gross. It gross. Was he sodomizing them in the kitchen? I don't know. He then demanded cash and more jewelry, making Erickson swear to Satan that there was no more. Before leaving the home, Ramirez told Erickson, tell them the Night Stalker was here. As he left in the Toyota, 13-year-old neighbor James Romero III noticed the same weird-looking guy I in black. I love this guy. The weird-looking guy in black he'd seen earlier in the night and thought suspicious, and he decided to write down as much of the license plate as he could. So this no- nosy bastard. Love his heart. Mm-hmm. Love his heart. He sees him wandering around. He suspiciously writes down his uh, license plate number, and that's... That's good. That's a good thing. Inez Erickson untied herself and went to a neighbor's house to get help for her severely injured fiance. Surgeons were able to remove two of the bullets from his head, and he survived his injuries. 
Um, when, news, when news of this attack broke, Romero told his parents about the strange man in the orange Toyota, and they immediately contacted police and provided the partial license plate <coughs> number. Erickson was able to give a detailed description of the assailant to investigators. The stolen car was found on August 28th in Wilshire, and the police were able to obtain a single fingerprint from the rearview mirror despite Ramirez's careful efforts to wipe the car clean of his prints. The print was positively identified as belonging to Richard Munoz Ramirez, who was described as a 25-year-old drifter from Texas with a long rap sheet that included many arrests for traffic and illegal drug violations. you got to watch out for drifters. Drifters mm-hmm. are... Oh, gandy dancers. Gandy dancers and, and drifters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Law enforcement officials decided to release a mugshot of Ramirez from a December 12, 1984 arrest for a car theft to the media, and the Night Stalker finally had a face. As the, at the police press conference, it was announced, we know who you are now, and soon everyone else will too. They will, there will be no place you can hide. I love that. I love that. that well, it us, sounds very OK Corral badass. No, well, you know, you, usually these you know, nosy people are paying the ass, but this guy turned out to be... Well, he was a kid. Yeah. They don't usually pay attention to shit. I know. Well, they got this guy. And so now, guy. They, now, they, now, they, now they've got, now they got a make on it. What happens, Colonel? Well, now he's on the run, and, and this is it's interesting because on the date of Colonel, August 30th, 1985... Someone die on that day? The date of Colonel were getting married... Okay. So, Renee's Renee soul died. Possibly. Possibly the date of Colonel getting married. Renee's soul um, died. I have to fact check that one. Um, anyway. You don't know the day you were married? Well, it's August 31st or August 30th. One of oh, the two. okay. Yeah. It's always confusing because my brother's anniversary was on the other day. My, my anniversary is on the 30th. Yeah. Well, that's your brother's and then... And he's dead. Then is yours. And me and my brother, yeah. one's August 30th, one's the 31st, and as it comes closer, she reminds me what day it is, but I'm pretty sure it was August 30th. Ah, uh, Renee. You anyway. have our sympathy, Renee. Um, Dead. So the colonel getting married to the wife, and uh, she she becoming the luckiest woman on earth. No. And he decides to jump on a bus and go to Tucson. Not the colonel you're talking about. I'm Richard. talking about Ramirez, yeah. yeah. Maybe to, he was To find his brother. Huh? Maybe, maybe he was your nuptials. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe no. he was going to show up he was, he for to, the reception. He was trying to get his connection. There was no RSVP from the Night Stalker. Well, um, so maybe you didn't check. If he did, he didn't get no lasagna. It was well, he missed his connection in Tucson. Yeah. Are you saying if he, if he was invited, it was from the uh, family of the bride? It was from Renee's family. <laughs> from the girl, because she's the devil too. Well, so. continue. And none girl. of his family's fucked up. And they're <laughs> all dead. They're, yeah, all, they're dead. all dead. So. Yeah, my side was all lonely. There was cobwebs on the seats and shit over there. Yeah, tombstone. Like that. Yeah. There was, there there. was pro, a program just <laughs> yeah. sitting in a chair. Yeah. Empty chair. <laughs> so, yeah. anyway. They invited they, a lot actually, of empty chairs. Actually, most of my family couple, was alive back then. A couple of blow-up dolls. They have yeah, not survived my marriage is what happened, but the colonel barely survived it. So, anyway, he goes to visit his brother in Tucson, Arizona, but his brother don't show up because he sees his brother's face all over the news. He's like, no, I ain't hooking up with you. But bad news. He gets off the bus in Tucson on August thirty first, which may have been the day the colonel was marrying his bride. Now let me ask One you this: he's he's stolen about fifteen cars at this point. Why is he taking a buck Greyhound to Tucson? He doesn't have money for gas. Yeah. I don't know why he really got on the bus. I I think he I think he figured it was gas. safer. He he was. But uh, so anyway, his brother don't show up. 
he actually walked past officers who were staking out the bus terminal. Yeah, they were there to they 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 had a they had a thought that he might be traveling by bus. Yeah. Yeah. He had on sunglasses and had oh, well, yeah. um, one of those rub them nose and the uh, uh, yeah that yeah. So he returns to Los Angeles, and uh, he walks a few blocks to a convenience store down in East Los Angeles, um, and a group of elderly Mexican women, who are much more, uh, they're going to check things out more than the police do. They don't miss anything. Elderly but yeah, because they're nosy. Well, they're the, um, one, the elderly, the ones getting killed, so. Yeah, and sodomized. No, yeah, you know, you didn't sodomize the old people. Well, we don't know that. Well, we don't. Well, anyway, they identified him as the El Matador, or the killer. Um, so Ramirez sees his face on the covers of the newspaper rack and just yeah. runs out of the store in a he panic. Like, he just, Shit. oh, holy God. He runs across a Santa Ana freeway and attempts to carjack a woman, but he gets chased away by bystanders who start chasing nice. his ass. Yes. Nice. After hopping over a caught. bunch of fences... Attempting two more carjackings, he was eventually subdued by a group of residents, one of whom kept striking him over the head with a metal bar. Yeah, good. They <laughs> so, beat the shit out of too it. Too bad they didn't sodomize him with it. We don't know that they did not. Continue. A lot, um, a lot happened before yeah, the Yeah, a lot happened, yeah. So they held him until the police came. So they arrest him. They're going to have a trial. And in, this is, now we're jumping ahead to, nine, it takes three years for this, 1988. So, 1988, Ramirez shows up in court. He holds up his hand. He's got a pentagram drawn on it and yells, Hail Satan. Yeah, so, I still think he's playing the insanity card with all that Satan. I'm telling you, he's not that yeah. bright. And, and some, the Los Angeles Times said that some of the jail employees overheard Ramirez talking about shooting the prosecutor in the face, of course, with a gun. In the face. That he intended to have smuggled into the courtroom. <clears throat> So they put metal detectors outside the courtroom and Good cavity mood. searches for everybody that came in. Because it probably wasn't normal to have metal detectors back then. Yeah, and then they pick the jury, they get the, the trial underway. But here's something interesting to have. August 14th, the trial gets interrupted because one of the jurors, Phyllis Singletary, didn't arrive at the courtroom. And uh, later that day, she was found shot to death in her apartment. Ugh. Now, the jury, they scared as hell at this point. Oh, yeah, that would, that would be creepy. Satan really coming after us now. They they couldn't help wondering if Ramirez, could, you know, got yeah. a hold of her. Yeah, and some reach outside of them. But it turns out um, that Ramirez was not responsible. It was her boyfriend that killed her. And then he committed suicide with the same weapon in a hotel. That's a... Weird coincidence, though. Yeah, but in the alternate juror who replaced her, she was too afraid to go to her house. Well, yeah, I guess. I'd say... Yeah. Now, this was... Because of so many charges, it was very expensive. It was a $1.8 million, which was the most expensive trial until... O.J. Simpson. Until O.J. Simpson. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time of the trial, Ramirez has fans. I mean, you got people like His the devil groupies. and that um, yeah. sending him... How, how many... Le- did he write back oh, to you? Oh, that's what the MR tattoo stands yeah. for. Yeah. Did he write back to you? Or was he R-R, nice to you? I guess. So anyway, um, I thought it was restroom. This woman, D- Doreen Leoy, she was R-R. a freelance magazine editor. She wrote Crazy. him about seventy-five letters during his incarceration. And he did write back to. He a lot wrote of these back people. to her, and they they become those friends. little spark. 
There was a little spark between them. Uh, and they fell in love. Love blooms. Uh, and they got married in San Quentin State Prison. Did, did they, they have a reception? They were not able to consummate that wedding, although um, there was a surrogate consummation um, as With Ramirez Bubba? was walking back to his cell. With Bubba. Um, yeah, two of the guys from the Aryan Brotherhood, they uh, they caught Ramirez and consummated the marriage for him. I think you're making that up. Um, he completely made that up. It could have happened. But no, he did it get married happened. in prison, right? He he, get- well, yeah, and he was in San Quentin, and then San Quentin is a... If you watch the documentaries on National Geographic, or Oz, mm-hmm. or Oz, it is a actual, it is a stronghold of the Aryan Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ramirez raping and sodomizing old ladies, I don't think he was going to do all that well in there. Yeah, but uh, eventually, now long distance romances they never work. You know, so eventually, him and his wife separated. Uh-huh. Even well, you know, those things happen. Yeah, um, she sad? got she got most of the friends because everybody he knew he had killed. Yeah. But uh, did she get the jewelry? Because I bet he had a lot of it. He he really didn't have anything. And in, in, now, by most estimates, he would have been in his early seventies before he he got the death penalty for all this. <laughs> I hope so. But because of California's process, he would have been in his seventies before he got the death penalty. Before he had actually been executed. Yeah, because of the um, process. That's what I'm saying. Like my, I, because I'm 54 now, mm-hmm. I could actually the death penalty is no deterrent for me. It's only my moral compass. Yeah, well, we're all well. Yeah, well, we ain't counting on that one. <clears throat> so anyway, Ramirez spent 23 years on death row awaiting execution. 23 years, and then he got the B cell lymphoma and buck cancer. Um, so he got the uh, ferret faucet anal cancer, is that what you're saying? B-cell lymphoma and buck cancer. That's it just, it's just not I right. I like to use the medical diagnosis. It's just not right that him and ferret faucet share the same fate. No, it's not. She was, a, she, was, she was a very sweet lady. I don't know that she was a sweet lady, but she was pretty. But it's kind of ironic that she he sodomized all those people and he ended up with the buck cancer. Yeah. It, that's karma. Yeah. That's karma. Come back and bite you in the butt. <laughs> it did, and it did for him. It ripped him a new ass. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and he'd been suffering from the effects of drug abuse, and he had hepatitis C. Probably um, from that whore he married. Well, he didn't get, he went into the place, and, you know, you talked about the <laughs> He might have picked inspectors. it up from one of his victims, huh? <laughs> That's true. He wasn't all that, he, he didn't have safe sex. No, no, I don't think you he know, did. And, and, and if you're out there, you know, serial killers, don't be spreading your STDs around to everybody. Yeah. Wear a condom for the love of God. Um, but anyway, he's on death row <clears throat> for 23 years. Gets the buck cancer. Dies a just a horrible, painful death. It wasn't. But it was still it too wasn't good for him. Yeah, it wasn't horrible and painful enough. <clears throat> and uh, but you know, it is. I mean, if you're going to get something, if you're going to die of something, I'm glad he died of buck cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got the buck cancer. Nobody wants that. No. I mean, you get the lung cancer, you get the eye, even the eyeball cancer. Yeah. Eyeball you know, cancer. Like Lance Armstrong, yeah. he, got, he got the testicular cancer. Everybody knows Lance walking around with just one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone knows that. But you get the buck cancer, oh, yeah. no. No, 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 no. But, uh, while we're on the subject, you really, uh, I mean, mean to mention to you. While we're on the subject, you really should get that spot on your forehead checked out, Colonel. 
Yeah, but that's not on my butt, Timmy, so I ain't worried about it. Well, no, but... Somebody give you the no, form. No, How many I, people you know got the forehead cancer and died? Well, I'm just saying. You, you know should, should get Death is your co-pilot. Yeah. <laughs> well, Can you see it, Brandy? I, yeah. Yeah. Just okay. get it, check it out, because... I'll get it. The colonel goes to the doctor regularly, so... Okay, he, just uh, ask him to take a look at it, because... The colonel's a bit of a hypochondriac. No, nah, the yeah, colonel yeah. just like the, like the prostate, uh, <laughs> <laughs> prostate exams. Yeah, they just check out real good death, so... Yeah. Okay, so butt cancer. Butt cancer, death, end of story. Oh, is that it? Yeah, he did. He did. Man, what a psycho. Well, and you know, toward the end, it got so bad that the uh, the convicts in there, they didn't even want to, they didn't even want to rape him. Uh-oh. This boat was so eaten up with the cancer, they was afraid they was going to get the yeah, superstitious sure type. Yeah. So, anyway, what a creep. Brandy, any uh, final thoughts on Richard Ramirez? No. No, uh, thank gross. you for yeah. Thank you for suggesting that story. I feel much better now that we've talked yeah. About now that we talked about one of your friends, yeah. Um, yeah. You, you want to you know give him a shout out? Any yeah, love? you want to say you know he's dead, much like the colonel's mother. He's yep. dead. His brother's not dead too. Jesus Christ! You're some of the most heartless it, you know, people in my whole life. He's my brother-in-law for fuck's sake. Brother, oh, okay. That's yeah. why you got that queer ass tattoo. Yeah. Is. What's wrong with you people? What's well, we're sorry you that people? you've lost so many loved ones. No, I don't think you are, Timmy. I do not <laughs> believe you are. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just kidding. We're gonna have a. We're gonna have a. Uh, we're gonna have a GoFundMe for the Colonel for his therapy. For having <laughs> There's to put not up with enough all this. people for you to um. have GoFundMe page for your therapy. <laughs> so. Well, people don't want to be close to you, Colonel, because when they do, they get close to you, they die. Well, but you know what, Timmy? It's the ride. It's all about the ride. It ain't about the end. It ain't about the. It ain't about the, the destination. It's, the it's about the journey. Oh, I see. I see. You any know, final that's a load of crap? Any <laughs> that's fi- just when you're going someplace sucky, you say that well, to somebody. That's true. Any final thoughts, Nicole? No. You ever no. want? Do you uh, ever you want, want to sit, you want in, to sit on, in on? A, you you want to participate in one of our podcasts with I, us, Nicole? I feel certain she'd rather rip her <clears throat> ears off. No, I, I believe the girl would do well. Oh, I think she would do well. I have well. no doubt she'd do well. That's not the point. But uh, she probably don't want to listen to you yammer for two hours. And then listen to you yammer for two more hours when you actually have to do work. <laughs> yes. So, Colonel, before we uh, wrap up, where can people find us? Well, people can find us. Actually, now we're going to be um, uh, on the Jay Leno show. We are not. Um, here coming up next Tuesday. No. Um, we're going to be on Jimmy Kimmel Live. No, we're not. Um, Where can people find us, Colonel? People can find us. Um, <laughs> get it up here, Burns. Um, you people put can your find us there. on. Uh, Brandy can is find us the on the uh, iTunes. Catching the Colonel on fire as we're podcasting. <laughs> well, if you've seen the G Gordon Liddy thing, I can hold my fa- baby finger under a flame and I, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> yeah, but he goes, so you, but if you move it up here, it burns. Now I'm holding the lighter the still. Till, yeah. And my, he's moving my hands his hand are up there. A bit. And I smell the hair I, burning on I his I had to hand. find a place where it burned. I like to feel that. So, well, you anyway, know, she, she, loves a, she loves fire. Or Satan she loves, loves like, fire. Satan loves fire. Yeah. So, anyway, if you get on the iTunes. You can mm-hmm. find us there. Yeah. You get on Stitcher. Well, you can if they find get on iTunes, there. what should they do? Well, if you get on iTunes, what you do is you get on one of our episodes and see right where it says reviews and mm-hmm. ratings and rate us. Exactly, because that's how people and, find uh, us. And if tell them the Colonel sent you. Yes. You get a fifteen percent discount. Yes. On and um, nothing. On uh, your next iPod purchase. Okay. I, that's, I, not I, that's, not that's not true. iTunes purchase. That's not true. It's not true at all. <laughs> 
but they can find us on Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, please look us up on our Facebook page. We've got a lot of cool History stuff. Dweebs. History Dweebs on our Facebook page, History Dweebs. We got a lot of cool stuff. We got posted up there every day. We update it every day. Look at the History Dweeb store. We got the History Dweeb merch. We have no merch, but that's not true. But if you. We got uh, History Dweeb t-shirt, t-shirts. T-shirts. We do not. History Tweebs. We have t-shirts? Coffee mugs? No, we do not. But if you go on Lanyards. our if we go on our Facebook page, send us some uh, send us an Stress email, balls. send us Stress, a message, Stress and we'll give you a shout out during our next podcast, which uh, may be next summer. The way I'm feeling right now, <laughs> uh, but it'll probably be in a few days. So thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. And on. The, hold on, the last thing, Timmy, we got we get because we sent out five last week. The listeners are sent in. We got the um, 8x10 color glossy autograph pictures of the Colonel. Yeah, and there's out five of those. There's a, you can there's a huge demand for that. See yes. you next week. I got to get a new printing, new new ones to that out. But yeah. see you next week. Carl. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so everyone, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next time on History Dweeze. Bye. Say goodbye, Nicole. Bye. <laughs> that wasn't that long. Oh, my God. That was... Wretched. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.